0: I'm absolutely convinced that all men, including you and I, have hidden potential that's not been tapped into. The team and I have designed a quiz for you to work out what that could be, and there's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end, but for now, enjoy the episode.
1: I remember the two record label executives arguing about who's going to put their card behind the bar and having two double g and pushed into each hand. And then the final flashback hits me before the rest of the night goes black. Welcome to Stories of Men,
0: Beneath the Surface. I'm Alex Melia. Join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era. Ross Buchanan is a podcaster, producer, and editor of the Stories of Men podcast. He's got so many great stories, great guy, I thought, let's get him on. In his old job, he was a national radio presenter working red carpet events and award ceremonies in the music industry. However, his social anxiety regularly prevented him from enjoying what most people would consider a really cool job.
1: I wake up and I'm feeling the most dehydrated that I've ever felt in my life. I'm absolutely stinking of spirits, cigarettes, body odor. You can imagine a combination of those smells just being like the worst smell you've ever smelled in your life. And I've got a splitting headache. I'm trying to roll on the pillow to try and find a sweet spot to make it stop hurting. I'm feeling so low and down in the dumps and as a lot of people do at that time of day i'm looking for that dopamine hit. i'm looking around and thinking where is my phone i see it it's completely flat oh i didn't plug it in last night classic all right let's plug it in and as it powers up all i'm hearing is this ding 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 and i look and i've got just an unreal amount of notifications. Like nobody normally texts me quite this much. And I'm scrolling through and I'm looking at it and it's like from people that I've not spoken to in years, but I've got one from a mate, Luke, who I haven't spoken to since university. And and I could just see the first line of the message and it says, hey, long time no speak. And another one below from John, like, hey, how's it going? And then I start putting the pieces together and the kind of jigsaw puzzle of me not feeling great this morning and the amount of notifications on my phone start adding up and the anxiety is just welling up inside of my chest i just can't open them just yet i can't bring myself to do it so i've closed my eyes and tried to go back to sleep again just to delay that feeling of impending doom and as I shut my eyes, these flashbacks are just hitting me like boom. I'm remembering being at the Camden Roundhouse for the Q Awards. I'm around so many celebrities. Louis Theroux is knocking about somewhere. Stormzy, Lewis Capaldi, they're all just mingling. And I'm sitting down at dinner with some executives from the radio station that I work at. And I've just started these new antidepressants and I've pledged to myself that I'll be on best behavior I'm remembering saying to myself, I will not drink tonight. I'm remembering just the feeling of social anxiety, all these people in the room, this kind of like cacophony of sounds, all these conversations of people at this event. Then the next flashback hits me. I'm having one beer, one very small beer and the anxiety just slipping away. Two executives from a record label roll up and start chatting to me. I'm remembering one of them saying, Hey Ross, this is winding down a bit. Should we go across the road and grab a couple of beers? I remember the two record label executives arguing about who's gonna put their card behind the bar and having two double G pushed into each hand. And then the final flashback hits me before the rest of the night goes black. I'm on the floor. I can feel the wet, muddy tarmac underneath my bum. I can feel the cold October air on my face. And I can just see this absolute beast of a bouncer towering over the top of it. And I felt like a child so insignificant and small that had just been reprimanded and put on the naughty step. I opened my eyes again. I pluck up the courage to open the notifications on my phone. And the one that I care about the most is the one I'm opening first. And it's from Lottie, my girlfriend. And it says, Ross, I've just seen page three of the Daily Mail. You're in it. What the hell happened last night? So, Ross, what was your
0: relationship like to alcohol in 2019? And what's your relationship to alcohol like now in 2024?
1: So directly after this night, I gave up alcohol for a year and that went right through into the pandemic. So I did the first lockdown and the second lockdown without any alcohol to get me through that. So post the event, I definitely reassessed my relationship with alcohol and why I felt like I needed to drink within that moment before the event i definitely used it as a social lubricant to deal with my social anxiety
0: so you're saying also that the altercation with the bouncer was quite a good motivator as well
1: yeah exactly and i think like the fact that within this this picture of me getting decked by a bouncer being in the daily mail i'm smiling in that picture i think if i if i'd looked like aggressive it would have had very different connotations but I remember going into the radio station like the next the next day and everyone being like, Oh, you're such a legend, like, oh, it's such a funny picture, like, oh my God, so rock and roll. That's a really good point, actually, because you
0: just for the audience, I actually saw the image of this beast towering over you with the, with your smile on your face as you're as you're on this on this floor. And I didn't think of that, but things would have been different if you'd have had a sad look on your face, the responses from people would have been very different, right? And also, you would have felt worse about the situation, too.
1: I think this is one of the things that really made me regret the entire evening is that any number of different things could have happened. I was completely out of control, I had no control over that evening could have happened which would have resulted in me going to jail me losing my job like when you're not in control of yourself and you're getting into physical altercations because of alcohol like that is a recipe for disaster isn't it
0: Mm. made me think about any situations i've been in that have been remotely similar it's interesting you say about the social anxiety because i started going out when i was 17 So that was 19 years ago. When I think about some of the lads that I went out with, they were very different after a few beers. They were a lot more obnoxious in many ways or a lot more rambunctious, lively, confident. You know, certain lads would not speak to girls at all until they'd have had four or five
1: beers inside them. Like, If you get to the crux of that issue, it's like, from my perspective, I don't think I fully realized the way that I was feeling. I don't think I was conscious of that social anxiety. I didn't really feel it. It was there. But I think with a lot of emotions and men and feelings, it's not that we understand that we're having those feelings and then we're trying to mask them. I think that comes later in life. I think We have all of those feelings, but we think they're really normal. We think everybody feels like this. We think this is the normal state of being and that alcohol is the way to elevate that rather than it being, oh, no, I've got social anxiety and this is just bringing me to to normal or once I'm at normal, I'm taking it even further and going to that level of, you know, overconfidence or just like aggression or, you know, all of those things. Yeah, I
0: think it's, it's a difference in awareness now because there might be some people who are 19, 20, 21 or older who are going out regularly and they know about this concept of social anxiety. It could be someone in their family, it could be friends, it could be something that they've seen on social media. So they go, okay, I've got social anxiety. So I know that on the previous occasions I've drank alcohol, it makes me feel better those feelings, the symptoms that come with it are reduced. Whereas when perhaps you and I were going out back in the day, you don't know what that is. You just think, okay, I'm, I'm a bit jittery or I, I don't have much confidence. I'm a nervous person. And as soon as you start having a few beers, you start feeling better. So I think it's it's different nowadays with knowing about this stuff. It's kind of out there more for people to, you know, mental health is something that people are speaking about
1: more and more. I think that like, it's that, it's that issue really, isn't it? Of that kind of like, oh, if I have one or two beers, I'll be at the perfect level. Like I'll, I'll I'll be there. But then when you get to one or two beers, you think, well, if this has made me feel this good, then three or four beers will make me feel even better. And that's not how it works. And that's why people have such shaky relationships with alcohol, because they think oh, I can temper my drinking when in actual fact, what they need to do is, if they have social anxiety is not drink anything at all and be themselves in an environment. And if they're feeling anxious, then they can then trust in the way that they feel and go, well, maybe I'm feeling anxious for a reason. Maybe I've come to a sketchy place that I shouldn't be in, or, you know, maybe I'm feeling bored and then I'll leave because it's actually boring. Like no amount of alcohol is going to make this night any better. And I think... Yeah, if if you're drinking to alleviate social anxiety or to be a lubricant because you don't feel confident enough in your own um, social abilities, then the only way to get around that is to not drink at all. Mm. People
0: don't understand the concept of law of diminution returns when, they, when they're when they drinking. Like you say, if you have one or two, you'll feel like you're at some sort of baseline confidence. And if I have more and more, I'll feel even better. obviously there's that point where it starts to dwindle where you have okay I'll have my ninth and tenth and that's when it really starts to go downhill and you start doing things like having altercations with bouncers or you start falling over or saying something that will get you slapped or, or whatever is it because people feel like they're not enough if they don't have alcohol like I am not enough of a person that I have to have this it's almost like a is it an alter ego situation? Is it, I can't be my real self. I can't
1: be the real Ross until I've had two beers. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people feel that way. I think I have done in the past where like I've needed it to to make me a more interesting person. And I know like people have said that I'm the life of the party when I, I have a few drinks and it's kind of like living up to that um, that role and knowing that maybe I should have more drinks because it brings me into that space. But what they don't see is the next morning when you're feeling incredibly anxious. Yeah, it's that role, isn't it? It's I need to play this character
0: and live up to, like you say, live up to people's thoughts and, and ideals of of who I am, who Ross is as a person. And it's interesting, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I'm guessing you have, where you've gone out with a group of friends and they're all drinking and you're the only one who's not. You're playing designated driver and you're seeing them after four, five, six pints. They've had, as what we had back in the day, you know, fish bowls where you're all just crowding around this fishbowl, like shoulder barging each other out of the way, elbowing each other so that you could get the lion's share of this fishbowl. You're doing all that stuff, but obviously you're not as a designated driver. You're just seeing all this unfold, and You're thinking... God, is this how I am when I'm drunk? Is this what I'm like when, you know, around these lads when I've had a lot of alcohol in me? And I think, I felt kind of horrified because I thought I'm clearly exactly like, I'm clearly like them when I'm drinking alcohol because I can can see what they're doing right now and I think I'm not a fan of this. But your your energy levels are so different, right?
1: Yeah, but I also think that like the nights out that I've I've done loads of nights out. Some of my favourite nights out have been sober. Particularly since that night, I've felt a lot more confident going out and being sober because I'm like, well, my ne- my nights never going to be as bad as ending up in a newspaper, um, getting decked by a bouncer. Like so, even if it's really boring. And I go out like it's never going to be as bad as that. So go out, be sober, try it out. And genuinely, some of the best nights out that I've had have been sober. And they've been with people who are, you know, a bit bevved. And they've, you kind of get that secondary buzz off people because their energy is so good and so high. You can like meet them at their level. And I I actually find that really enjoyable. And because everybody's pissed as well, like nobody's, Nobody's judging you. The the only issue that you'll ever find is that sometimes people feel judged by you, but nobody's ever really judging you because they're all pissed and they're not thinking about anything. So you can kind of be yourself.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I'm still thinking about how they're perceiving me, but really they're not thinking about me at all. And that's the ego talking that we all think that people are judging us, but really they're just thinking whether you're judging them. So no one's judging anyone. We're just thinking the other person is judging us because they've had so much alcohol. They're just thinking about them and their night and how it's going to pan out and the enjoyment that they're going to get from it.
1: Yeah, I I think that's kind of always been the point of alcohol, hasn't it? To kind of remove you or remove your inhibitions and... Yeah, I think like alcohol is a form of escapism and people, yeah, drink to escape. And that is sometimes good and sometimes it's not.
0: Yeah, I think about all the shitty jobs I had in my late teens, early twenties, fish factory, sales, office jobs, rehabilitation centers, booking people in for appointments, all those kinds of jobs that I really didn't like at all. What got me through the day is thinking, oh, cool, I'm going to Manchester tonight. I'm going to Wigan tonight. I'm going to be drinking. And you do this almost this countdown of eight hours, four hours, two hours. Finally, we're here. And it's this, you know, when people say letting your hair down, it's just like... uh, yeah, it's this element
1: of liberation, this freedom. Um, I think just on your point about, like, you know, finishing those difficult jobs, and i would definitely been the same, and, you know, working at Tesco on the fruit and veg aisle, um, you know, working with disabled people and kids and just finishing a shift and, like, really needing to get myself a beer and just relax... When I was giving up alcohol for this year, like I read a few books to kind of like help me get through that process. And one of the books that I read explained alcohol as like a cure-all for any issue. Like if you've got a sore back, alcohol. If you're feeling uh, worn out, alcohol. If you're feeling stressed, alcohol. And it's like, actually, do you know what? Instead of using this like catch-all remedy To solve your problems which will also have bad side effects what you could do is go well you know my feet hurt maybe I'll put them up or um, I need to relax maybe I'll read a book or uh, my back hurts maybe I'll have a bath and it's like find this instead of like using alcohol as the easy answer find the thing that solves each one of your issues and do that and that was like just like such a such a good thing. And if you put that into the parameters of a night out, it's like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Take take a breath. Talk to somebody about feeling anxious. Or I'm feeling bored. Where normally I would have a beer. Leave. Go home. If it's a crap event, go. Like that. You don't need to stay there. Like alcohol is not going to make it any better. So in yeah, instead of using alcohol as that big medicine for whatever you're feeling do the thing that solves the issue and that really helps what i wanted
0: to ask you because i've had social anxiety where does this stem from
1: for you i think you know anxiety stems uh for me from like trauma in childhood and getting responses from people that outweighed a reaction that might be normal. So like, I felt like I got into trouble quite a lot um, as a child, but didn't necessarily understand why I was getting into trouble and having reactions for people that didn't necessarily equate to the thing that I'd said. So I think as a child, not having, rationalized responses to my actions or like action and consequence not having those kind of um, be in balance allowed me to grow into an adult that didn't fully understand what the consequences for my actions or the things that i might say would be so being in a social scenario and worrying that the thing that you say might trigger a reaction that it probably won't or thinking oh last night i said this and that and that's so embarrassing and yeah it's just i think it it just stems from trauma in childhood essentially
0: do you think it's the the worry of the response from the other people that you're speaking to and how you're going to feel after that, whether it's a feeling of rejection or a feeling of looked down upon, well, I suppose as as a form of rejection as well, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's actually as linear as that. I think what happens is as you get older, it stems into like different feelings. So what happens is it starts off as like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that thing because that will cause something... Um, unexpected to happen to actually I don't really enjoy being around people in general or people that i don't know in general and then it becomes like a crowd problem so you're like i don't like being around crowds and then you know lights are on at the same time as crowds and then you're like oh i'm actually overstimulated by all of these things and it kind of snowballs into this like well actually i just don't like being in public i don't like being around people and then it just grows and grows and grows until you're completely debilitated
0: Mm. i've had that as well and you become so so overwhelmed with being around people that you can end up going the complete opposite path where you don't want to be around people at all and you start to isolate yourself which i've done for sure over the years and it's about how do you find a happy medium a nice balance between the two maybe maybe you meet up with a couple of friends you know in an evening you go and play pool or something a few soft drinks as opposed to alcoholic beverages Rather than feeling the need to, I'm just gonna isolate myself, I'm gonna protect myself because I don't want to feel any social anxiety. And it's so easy, isn't it, to just stay in your room? Especially nowadays, you've got this device, this mobile phone you can literally do anything on. And I'm sure people are incentivized to protect themselves by having the, creating their own entertainment with Netflix and the internet and blah, blah, blah rather than facing people. And I mean, not just that, but also in, in a work format as well. The fact you can do everything online, you can work from home, you can remote working is, is a thing nowadays. So we're creating these environments where you don't actually need to face people anymore. And that definitely makes social anxiety worse. Sometimes I've had to f- kind of had to force myself to get out the house sometimes and speak to people because. Potentially could have been a full day where I've not spoken to anybody, I've not seen anyone face to face.
1: Yeah, it's like I think practicing, like if you're someone that suffers from social anxiety, like practicing those things, like there's that kind of like online concept that people talk about, which is like next time you go to the shop, you should ask for a discount because it puts you in an awkward situation and it means that you have to deal with that awkward conversation and you have to go through that process and like on one side of it you might get a discount on the other side of it you've put yourself in a difficult scenario and it's the same reason people go ice swimming because you're making yourself feel comfortable in an uncomfortable situation and that makes you more prepared for Actually, like less embarrassing situations when all you have to do is, like, you know, greet somebody at a party, which you're feeling like super anxious about. Whether you've lived in Britain your
0: whole life and it's become part of the fabric of your social life, or you've visited a country in the UK and been shocked at the amount of alcohol consumed here, you'll know that this country definitely has a problem with alcohol that is really difficult to shake. It's so ingrained in all our social plans, from high school in some cases, and if not then, definitely when you head to university and get involved in Freshers Week, which essentially is an entire week revolved around getting as drunk as humanly possible under the guise of trying to make new friends. But that must be so difficult for people who aren't interested in alcohol. Because if you're one of those people, how do you make friends when everyone else is drinking? I certainly felt that way. I definitely remember in retrospect, drinking a lot to get drunk, to get the confidence in order to speak to people and to make those friends and to be a lot more open with people and speak to more people, and put myself out of my comfort zone more so when I had five or six pints inside me, as opposed to before that. Ross's story reminded me that alcohol really still is used as a social lubricant within our culture and it's important to value our feelings and personality. It's so easy to hide how you're truly feeling, whether that's anxiety, feeling uncomfortable, tired or bored with the mask of alcohol, when really you are good enough as a person without it. Surely it's enough to turn anyone off alcohol when they see themselves being propped up by a bouncer, looking disheveled, on, of all things, page three of the Daily Mail. Need I say more? When was the last time you had a sober night out? As in, absolutely no alcohol at all, not even one pint. And how did that go for you? Before you go, let me tell you about our man test. The team and I created it with the belief that every man has hidden, untapped potential, and I want to help you discover what it could be. Let's face it, we've all got dreams and aspirations, but the stresses of life can get in the way. I know I've been there myself. As men, each one of us has skills and knowledge that sets us apart from the rest. It's about discovering what they are and making the most of them. The man test is simple. It takes less than three minutes, and will help you discover your true strengths and talents by working out what kind of modern man you really are. Find the link in the show notes and take the man test today. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.